Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to another triumphant edition of Birds All Day, uh, your Blue Jays podcast of choice, I assume. I don't know. People listen to more than one of these things? I, I can only imagine. There's a lot out there. But this one is, um, of all the Blue Jays podcasts, this one is certainly one of them. My name is Drew Fairservice, and, uh, and yes, we are here to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. All is forgiven. They've won three games in a row at the time of recording. So uh, we're back to parade, uh, parade planning. All the trading talk, all the trades, and the speculation has been put on hold. Full parade planning is underway. And joining me, the parade master himself, the headmaster, what what's the, who's in charge of the parade? Yeah, they do have a name for that, don't they? The, 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 person the Grand the... Marshal? Grand Marshal? You might know him as Santa. Santa's the <laughs> Grand Marshal of the Santa Claus yeah. Parade. Uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm, I'm old reliable. Uh, four and old half, reliable. Four and a half games back of the second wild card. With how many teams? The uh, Royals, I'm the counting, Rays, I'm counting the six, Mariners. Yeah, six between them and the, the Royals hold it, and then there are six teams, and then there's the Blue Jays. So uh, they're, they're, they're right there in the thick of it. I mean, they're you, right there in the thick of it. Tampa, Minnesota, the Angels—they're trash. They're not gonna—they're not gonna hang around this race. This—the big race for the second wild card for the for the visitors dugout in the coin flip game. Uh, Un- Texas, unlike Seattle, the Blue Baltimore. Jays, yes, that's right. Oh yeah, Texas, Seattle, Baltimore, right? That's unlike the, the Blue Jays, the um, the the Angels are not getting most of their good players back. I mean, they're getting one good player back, I guess. Mm. Soon. He's on a rehab stint right now. They're uh, injured, injured player. Is the the one um, player? They're one that one player for them. The one literally, player. their only player. They have three of the worst players in baseball by wins above replacement. Okay. Uh, in Albert Pools and Danny Espinosa and uh, somebody else. Yeah. Um, someone else. Oh, uh, Ben Revere. And yet they're still DJ out there Xavier. competing. Yeah. They're still out there competing, and they've also not got the best player. Um, in ever on their team right now. So, you know, it takes all kinds. Sometimes you need a Brooks Pounder back there in the bullpen, just giving her. Um, but yeah, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are getting healthy. Marcus, uh, well, not Marcus Sturman, Aaron Sanchez is scheduled to start on Sunday. No, Friday. Tomorrow. One of the Today, days. When One you're of the days, yeah. This. That's right, yeah. He's scheduled to start on Friday. And um, somebody else has come back recently. I don't know. That's all. That, Aaron Sanchez is the only real one that really matters. Yeah. I, I, Josh Donaldson didn't look useless today, which was nice. Here on Thursday. Uh, Are you leg. insinuating that he was hurt before and then now is well? That's what I'm going to go with, yeah. Because, I mean, he couldn't have played that bad if he wasn't hurt. Let's be honest. No, it's true. Uh, it's and true. I say it like it's in the past tense. I, I don't know. And, and, yeah. Um, I don't know. Glenn Sparkman got healthy there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I want to send a special shout out. I want to send a shout out to Glenn Sparkman, who <laughs> played the Rule Five game as well as it can be played. If BJ Ryan was allowed, Glenn Sparkman would probably be on the disabled list again with a black eye. But soaking up big league money for as long as he could, Glenn Sparkman is what happens with Rule Five guys. They don't tend to be very good. They sure don't. They sure don't. No, the, um, the Jays did well last year getting uh, Joe Biagini. Though the jury's the the still damn well out on that a little bit. I don't know. He's fine. 
They did well at getting a reliever named Joe Biagini. Yes. Uh, starter Joe Biagini might not have had the same kind of storybook quality to it, but <laughs> yeah. Though, Speaking you know of storybook what? quality, okay, no, oh, please, oh, sorry, yeah. no, 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 don't let me fuck up your segue here. Well, I was just going to launch into the preamble thing. Like, Birds All Day is Patreon supported by you, the listeners, and like every other fucking podcast in the world these days. So everyone who who does, go out of their way and contribute to our Patreon and, and, and help uh, keep this podcast alive and keep us going. We really appreciate it because it's a crowded market. There's a million people. Everyone's got a Patreon. Everyone's got a podcast. So for the people who listen to us and value and appreciate what we do, that means so much. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's done that. All along from the beginning to today here in 2017 when the team um, isn't quite what they've been in the last couple of years. So we really appreciate you sticking with us. We hope that you value what we do and we hope that you like what we do. Um, if you don't or if you, there's something you want to see, just shoot us an email. We're very open to uh, structure. <laughs> we are like little boys who yeah. need to go to the army. So if someone wants to tell us what to do and how to do it, we are all ears. No, we definitely uh, won't thank shit you. on your suggestion on air. Definitely not. No, <laughs> unless that's what you're after. Sometimes that's what people like. That's you know, you know what whatever. we gotta we gotta take a stand. Sometimes we gotta really. Uh, what was the, what what was the word? What did he use? Uh, qualify all our opinions. Yes. Well, here's a qualifier for you. No, I don't know. Just want to say thank you, thank you to everyone <laughs> yes. who's headed over. And if and you'd like to join them, if you like what you hear, and you're like, you know what, I like that. I like these two guys who meander and talk total bullshit and and qualify every statement with a. To, uh, to assert themselves as not experts whatever it might be thank you so if you want to join them you can go to patreon.com slash birds all day and uh and kick us a couple bucks keep us happy keep us paying exorbitant fees for online poker trainers every month um so that your wife doesn't know <laughs> all those things you can keep doing um and we appreciate it and you of course if you if, even if you if that's not something that's in the cards for in the cards for you right now um, you can go to iTunes, you can go to soundcloud.com slash birds all day. You can get the podcast, you can subscribe, which I learned this week that not as many people subscribe to podcasts as you would have thought. Um, and a lot of people to see it and they just bang it and they play it right there. They stream it, whether they're on, uh, they don't download it for later. Uh, I was reading some research about podcasts because really? I, because I have a, because I work in the content minds. You see, I need to know these sorts of things. Yeah. I seem to remember um, that, uh, pod, yeah, podcasts, you can't make any money off podcasts. I seem to remember being told that. A few years ago. So I really pay attention and, to studies on stuff, stuff like that since then. Since that one was... Lo and behold. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good podcast. Maybe we'll do another one of those. We'll bring everybody back. Uh, everyone who doesn't watch the Blue Jays anymore. But uh, the Pirates and Giants are so bad that those other two guys, don't, they don't have shit to do. But thank you for everyone who's rated and reviewed and subscribed or not subscribed and listened or streamed or done anything like that, interacted, liked us on Facebook at Birds All Day. Of course, you can do that. We're always trying to look get that banter going. Let's you know up, up the banter if if you're so inclined. Um, again, I'm qualifying. I feel I mean, like I'm not. <laughs> I feel like people are gonna like fast forward and in, into like the 15 minute mark, and we're still gonna be talking about Patreon here. <laughs> well, are, you, are you trying to tell me to shut up and move on? I've, no, no, please. Find a natural conclusion at any point that you see fit. Thank you, everyone. To the content that you now <laughs> value. Uh, the Blue Jays won tonight, Thursday night. They beat the very, very good Astros. Uh, they beat them 7-4. to four. Roberto Osuna pitched very well, um, as he want to do. Uh Francisco Liriano pitched pretty well, as he does when he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any winning against the Astros is, is 
is a uh, is valuable. Um, any win at this time, again, they're stringing together a couple wins. They beat up on the Yankees, who are sort of falling off, um, despite the fact that Aaron Judge you cannot get him out. Um, the Yankees are looking more like the team that I think a lot of people expected the Yankees to be, uh, especially as they struggle with injuries to the Matt Holidays and Greg Birds of the world. A victory against the Astros. So the, the, there's, a, there's a part of me, despite you, you earlier laying out the clear-cut case and the critical path, as they say in the industry, to the Blue Jays making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Taking a bunch of games from the Astros is, it might be a good way to do that, and it, but it also might be the like the a bit of a false, a beacon of false hope. They say they say the Jays win three out of four against the Astros, they get a little bit closer to five hundred. Um, that's a big to me. That's a good sign because I've watched this Astros team a bunch this year, and they are fucking phenomenal. They're very good. They're like the, they're they're a lot like they remind me of the twenty fifteen Blue Jays about uh, the end of the year. Except that their best days are still ahead of them. Not, they're not just like doing that as the sun sets behind them. No, but like seriously, they're just like they're a juggernaut. So, if I maybe if you're the team, if you're the kind of people who are not soberly watching the Blue Jays in terms of you know Mark Shapiro and and Ross Atkins who are watching the team through sober eyes as they hug all the prospects they can get their hands on, um, this is the kind of thing that could maybe get you excited and make you think. Uh, no, no, no. We don't need to. There's no need to 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 retool. There's no need to 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 trade. This is the time to go all in. So there's a little. I'm 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 wary. I'm wary of a series against the Astros. It could be. It could be. Okay, this is it now. They 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 get blown out three times by the best team in baseball. Or if they hang with the best team in baseball, maybe it convinces everyone like us, those of us around the team, to. Uh, continue to believe and to continue to push for a I don't know do something crazy make a big trade trade for Christian Yelich or whomever else um I don't know am I making too much of this am I looking ahead too much and trying to attach too much meaning to a four-game series against a team from the western division oh yeah yeah I mean, like, I, yeah, probably. I mean, if if it wasn't for false hope, we wouldn't have any hope at all. Well, obviously, at this point, so I mean, it's all false hope. So I get what you're saying about what, how it could confuse the issue a little bit, but I, I don't know that it will that much. I mean, I it it look it's never as good or as bad as it seems is is one thing. So you know, when people were you know on the fucking window ledge all last weekend, uh, they didn't they couldn't see that. Right over here, a few days later, it doesn't feel quite so completely awful. Uh, and you can almost, with a straight face, look at the the second wild card chase and think, "Hey, four and a half games—that's not such a big deal." But yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't see them going either way with the with the big trade stuff. I mean, I think it's just going to be retool. The really interesting ones are going to be, uh, you know, your Justin Smokes, your uh, the guys who are, are who are under contract for next year, Jay Happ. Steve Pierce, Steve Pierce, who just is kind of like surplus to requirements, I think at this point, who kind of was going to be, mm-hmm. was was I mean, I, this is what I said all year, and people didn't really, some people didn't seem to think that that was correct, but it was like you know, stop worrying about Justin Smoke because Steve Pierce is going to be your first baseman, and that's kind of, uh, it looks like that's kind of what they brought him in to do because he can't fucking do anything else, uh, but of course not needed because Smoke has been so good, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's the if anybody's, I mean, it, the only people who seem to get really excited about the the possibility of trades or really think that thing, the wild things might be on the horizon, are fucking national writers in the states, or Dave Burrows. 
Um, Burroughs, yeah. Well, I don't think that, that Justin Smoke is a really strong trade candidate, personally. And I tend to agree with Wilner, where God bless Justin Smoke, who, again, we've all seen him look like a different man. He looks like a different player. He's just doing so many things differently, not striking out like we would have expected. Um, but he's still Justin Smoke, and the, his body of work is not one that's necessarily going to <laughs> you're not going to give up a, a huge lot, yeah. return. This, it'll be in, you know what, and and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Zach Kozart in a, in my mind mm-hmm. because Zach Kozart is a similar kind of guy who's never been this good, but he's also a shortstop, right? So that in and of itself makes him that much more attractive. Where yeah. Justin Smoke is is a first baseman in, at a time where they couldn't, you know, your first baseman they couldn't give their wares away this year they were chris carter is out there right like if, if you're a team why would you give us something premium when you can get chris carter for nothing or you can get steve pierce for what one would assume be let much less and you have steve pierce who has a different kind of track record of not being an everyday fucking player and if you're asking him to do that you're an idiot but hey that's neither here nor there mm. <laughs> it's maybe april but, but yes yeah well <laughs> the the big, but you, you mentioned the big trade pieces, which have the, that that talk has started up again. There, the Josh Donaldson Cardinals thing um, looks like it has no merit whatsoever. John Morosi just, yes, hard to believe a smart, <laughs> uh, resource-rich team is considering a would consider acquiring an extremely good player. Yes, that's breaking news. There, the those connections were tenuous at best. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about it this week. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, except completely typical of uh, of our friend John. He did go to Harvard, though, so uh, maybe there's something to it. He's a he's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, but yeah, no, this is the bullshit that he does all the time. He just, and I, the thing I wrote that I was I was kind of chuffed about. I was saying that I he just he cut out the poor fucker at Sportsnet as the middleman who has to like take his radio hits and turn them into oh Morosi said this this interesting interesting tidbit is oh he dropped this knowledge on everybody as though like mm. the fact that fucking John Morosi says something makes it newsworthy in and of itself and it's like. This is all he's doing. He's like, oh, the Cardinals could use a bat. The Jays might think about trading uh, Josh Donaldson. And then suddenly you find yourself reading about like the trade history between Mosaic and, and Mark Shapiro and, and him saying, oh, it's really, it, you know, it's it, it's uh, not insignificant that they've made deals before and talking about like how he would fit and what and and ruling out other. T- it's like, but there's nothing here. You're just, you know, you're just you've, you're speculating on a trade that you've made up in your head. It, it's I don't know. It's. It, that was the worst. Yeah, it was. That was the worst of 2017's. Well, and not just 2017, but like content aggregation was watching that story, like r- the ripples from John Morosi's non, you know, not nothing utterance. And, and I don't. I mean, that's Morosi's got his role to play. I'm not. I don't necessarily mean like me to criticize him too much, um, but. It, it just be, it became content, and it was everywhere. And then it's Cardinals are interested in Josh Donaldson. It's on Hardball Talk. It's on Yahoo. It's on here. It's on there. It's on everywhere. It's like, it's bullshit. Like, it was not... There's, not to say that that wouldn't ever happen, but there that that story in particular, because this it was so lacking in substance, just to watch it travel like that was really... Um, disappointing, I guess. Yeah, it it and it's it, sadly it's not it's not just Morosi. I the, there was the Stroman piece today from Buster Only, literally 
I pulled it up on my phone here. Literally, it has this in it. There is no indication that Strowman's club, the Toronto Blue Jays, will dangle him this summer, but there is consensus among folks with other teams on this point. Toronto could extract a high return for him if it decides to drop him into conversations as a significant wild card in trade talks. So there's no indication they're going to trade him, but they could get a lot for him. And so now we're going to write a huge, a whole piece and put the platform of ESPN and Buster Only behind it. And it's about Marcus Stroman and his trade value, even though uh, that ain't happening either. The Marcus Stroman trade talk was very surprising to me. Um, you know, we we spent you and I spent a bunch of time talking about Roberto Osuna's trade value, and Jonah Carey wrote about it, and in, in a way, not in a way that the Jonah Carey did it. You know, in a this would be a good idea to pursue, not yeah, in like a yeah. oh, you never know. Um, but for me, I would never trade Marcus Stroman. No, okay, that's not true. I'm way <laughs> less likely to look to trade Marcus Stroman or to dangle him in a, if you're looking to get huge pieces in return. And I don't care who it, you know, if you're looking to get some of the top prospects or top young players in baseball, I'm way less inclined to do that with Stroman than I am with Osuna straight up. I would, I'm way more likely to consider moving a guy like Roberto Osuna, a reliever, a reliever period, a very, 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 very good one. One of the two or three best to ever wear that uniform. Still a reliever. Still a guy who's collecting massive, mad saves. He's got hundreds, of, like 100 saves or whatever it is already, which means he's going to become extremely expensive mm-hmm. as he goes through arbitration because arbitration rewards the hell out of that, which is why a lot of teams, like the Rays, the teams that are cheap as fuck, they don't make their best young pitchers closers because it makes them too expensive. You kind of jumble them around and then you put them, then you end up doing what the Rays had to do with Jake McGee and trade him because he's now he's been your closer. Now he's too expensive. The Jays shouldn't have to play that game, but at the same time, as soon as he starts to become, or as soon as he starts to earn what he has earned as a closer, which is a high paying job, he starts to become that much less uh valuable i think that much suddenly it starts to stick out a bit like a sore thumb like oh we're paying a guy who pitches 70 innings a year 70 million dollars at yeah. the end yeah as Which opposed to now Stroman, where he's making you know league minimum or whatever whatever it is i don't think he's he's hit arbitration yet right i think this is well no and I, like but Stroman, I, or Stroman did, is a super two but Stroman sanchez and osuna is still three years left which is also one of the weird things about all the rebuild talk not to, to, to tangent too much but no, no, it's, it's totally valid. Those guys are going to be around for a while. Maybe, it, and if if Osuna can get you a slightly lesser return, but still a robust one, I'm I'm more willing to think about it because I think that by the end, and I I could be I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong, that by the end of their trip through through arbitration, Osuna could well end up earning a lot more than Strowman and being less valuable. I mean, it, and being less valuable like again because it's not like Strowman is is one of, is like a Tim Lincecum or or um, uh, who else like uh, Sabathia guys who who had Cy Youngs on their resume when they're going through arbitration so they're they're getting to set records and being paid consistent with the top pitchers in baseball. Um, I, I I just worry I worry about about that. Um, but I, not that I'm itching to trade any of them. I'm just way less likely to trade to trade Strowman. Uh, unsurprisingly, I'm. I'm more more inclined to trade Sanchez than Stroman as well, for whatever reason. I I, uh, I have it out for Aaron Sanchez. I think everyone who listens to, has been listening to this for the, since the beginning 
um, would acknowledge that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, before he blocked you on Twitter when he was name searching, I'm sure he noticed that as well. No, no, he followed me. Oh, on Twitter. Oh, and then he blocked me. Yeah, well, that's one. He may have unfollowed me in between, but then the block came after following me on Twitter. It was when I was going on about how he had like five years of professional instruction and still walked like five guys for nine innings. Uh, things that ended up being not true anymore when he, he improved. And to his his ultimate credit, he worked his ass off and he got way better. Good for him. Trade him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and all the rest of the trade, like, so now it's starting to be, you know, you're trading everything that's not people earlier this week again or when they're getting housed by the Red Sox. Let's trade everybody. And you running your mouth off saying that, that a guy like Jose Bautista has no trade value. The fuck he doesn't. Get out of my face with that bullshit. Very little trade value. Well, you got to think of, think about it when, if you're the other team. This is what I find. I run into fans who, who push back on that. It's like, really? Like, so if the Blue Jays were were short a DH who plays right field, and like, and and uh, and he was available, like, what would you what would you be okay with your team giving up to get a player like that? I don't think you would be okay with you, your team giving up much of anything. And sadly, the same I think goes for Marco Estrada, even though playoff experience and stuff like that, he's pitching like garbage lately. Uh, you know, I, I, when you're talking about rental guys, uh, the body of work Look isn't at what... nearly as much isn't nearly as important. It's about you know what you've done this year. He's a rental. Look what the Yankees got for Carlos Beltran last year. They got Dylan Tate. He was a former high draft pick who was terrible as a, as an amateur or yeah, uh, early on pro. with Texas, yeah. but but now he's good again with the Yankees. They've got him all fixed up. And how how bad was Beltran last year? I mean, Bautista's been okay, but he's not been okay. He's been like a league average. He had like that. Like you could he, get he's him. On, he's on his way it. up. He's he was bad, and then he was amazing, and then he was bad, and now he's on his way back up to amazing again. But there were reasons to shoulder injury that we talked about that we wrote off all his bad stuff when he's hurt, and he's good because he's he's always been good. Don't make me do this. I don't want to do this. Don't make me do this in public. I'll humiliate myself. <laughs> I don't. Know. I will. I, just... I will. I will humiliate myself. I will lay down like a dog. And I will just totally debase myself right now trying to defend Jose Bautista. And I don't care that he is poorly looked upon by most defensive metrics, even though, again, when you tilt so just so and you put on those rose-colored glasses, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I don't care that he's the slowest everyday right fielder in baseball. He's got guile. He is. And you can talk poorly, all you want. <laughs> he's looked down poorly by the most important defensive metric, the eye test also. <laughs> it's not, the hell he it's is. not good out there. It's he's ugly. fine, and in fact, he's, in fact, you, if Mark, you have to Mark use Shapiro the right had, kind of eye test. Mark Shapiro had a couple. Look, uh, look, <laughs> Mark Shapiro is talking shit on Jose Bautista now. He had a couple radio interviews this week. Uh, there was one with TSN that I, I was listening to today, and for the second time, or I think it was the, it was that, and uh, his uh, maybe it was in the radio. The first one was with uh, Shai Davidi, the piece on Sportsnet, where he, both times. Before talking about you know what's gone when talking about what's gone wrong in the season, before mentioning the offense or the starting pitching going sideways a bit here, uh, defense mm-hmm. has been uh, he 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 mentioned specifically singled out their defense as though he was quite disappointed in how uh, what was a really good defensive team a couple of years ago has turned into not such a good defensive team, uh, and there are only so many areas where the defensive value is significant and where you know you you're you're seeing terribleness from the blue jays one is the shortstop that you know 
who even wants to think about that? And uh, I think Mr. Bautista is probably another. Left field, obviously, complete garbage, and second base hasn't been great. Uh, you know, he's not wrong. That's pretty I'm much just, it, right? Just, Don- yeah, I mean, it's pretty, Donaldson yeah. was hurt, so you, you've got a bunch of guys who are not necessarily, well, the guys who aren't Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think second base is a big thing. I, I think that they're going like, what are we doing with... Because to Mark Shapiro's point, that they are, he, he said they went, went from first to last in defensive stats, and then some guy on Twitter who is a little on the unhinged side, he came like, what's he talking about? What's that? And, I mean, you could look at almost any of them. Who's this Will are you talking about? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh UZR, DRS, uh, uh defensive efficiency, they're they're not last, but they are right down there in everything. Um anything anything this side of uh fielding percentage because you can't make an error on a ball you don't reach, which is what happens in right field and to an uh an alarming extent shortstop and um maybe second base as well. I don't know, but like Instead what are you getting from Ryan Goins right yeah, now? No, you're not getting anything. Left field, obviously. Uh, he's real Dodge bad. Field. He is really bad. And you know how I know he's really bad? Because when I was in the car uh, this evening, driving, and I, I, you could tell how bad he is by the the ways that Jerry was bending over backwards to explain how good he is. <laughs> like going way yeah. out of his way <laughs> to sure like explain. He, he basically Jerry was doing on the radio to an audience of uh, thousands, tens of thousands, what I was doing to a much smaller audience about five minutes ago about Jose Bautista, <laughs> which is all right. well and good. But yeah, like, the, and left field. I mean, left field, God bless Steve Pierce, who tries so hard out there. Um, but it, he, he, to me, he is like the whoa bat eye test. But Bautista, yeah. I, I got, I'm okay. He, I don't think Bautista looks that bad out there, frankly. His arm looks good, better. It's all about the sliding scale. He's better than last year with his arm. Means overall, he's fine. He's, he's fine. There's no draft pick going to be attached. There's none of, none of that worry. He's going to be more valuable to their chase of the second wild card than he will be in trade. So he's he's going to be here till the end of the year. You can uh, you can buy your Batista jersey in confidence. That's my, that's my, that's my lock of the week. There's your like I don't know. It's a pretty big lock. Um, the other uh, people talk like, "Oh, you can't trade, you can't trade Russell Martin." That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. That Russell Martin's contract makes him impossible to trade. That's insane. Yeah, you could trade him. I think you'd have to eat some money. You might not get a lot back, but I mean, he certainly would have value to another team. Here's my thing. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh-huh. Don't trade Russell Martin don't, ever. Don't. He's the best. He's I mean, so good. The trade, the trade, every, he is, and uh, the the trade everything thing is just it's not. Uh, uh, Houston, God love them, they're playing great this year. This I think is like uh, this is seven years since their first of the three hundred loss seasons. They made the playoffs once with eighty six wins, uh, missed last year. Now they like, like the the whole people the the rebuild huggers. There's people out there who are just salivating to blow everything up just because you know they're they're. Uh, you know they lost the game, so they're going to destroy the fucking Nintendo controller kind of thing. Uh, it, it's it's a really it's a really long time. I mean the Astros. I mean the the Astros have been better than uh, than a lot of teams. I think in terms of uh, how not how quickly they've turned around, but they've they've obviously been really good. They've had a good couple of years, but still eighty six, eighty four wins are their high watermarks, and this is the seventh year since they lost a hundred games for the first time. It's like 
have some perspective maybe about this whole idea of just going ahead and trading everybody uh it's a rough go that's a fair point that's a good point uh i think i may have uh and i i was personally was very critical of the way that the astros did things because and i've, I've said this a hundred times and I, I wonder if the astros have not like scorched the earth they scorched the earth too much back then um and i don't know that they'll ever quite recover it's a massive city with a not huge fan base anymore mm-hmm. um it'll well if they win 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 maybe it'll come back like if they win the world series or get to the world series but i don't think that they're there yet yeah um, i actually teams... I, I looked I, I have a piece for the athletic that's kind of on this sort of subject uh, that's going to be mm-hmm. up on friday morning uh yeah they were eighth i think in attendance last year sixth in the american league this year both those are american league figures so yeah like even Coming off a playoff spot in 2015, last year they got to to eighth best attendance in the American League. Uh, that could be that nobody likes the park. That nobody I, like, but yeah, it's a huge. It is a huge city. It's like a Toronto-sized city, from what I understand. I mean, good lord, I've never been to fucking Houston. Uh, I was looking. You know, it's expensive to fly to Houston. I wanted to go. I wanted to go when the Jays were down there. That ballpark apparently is beautiful. Um, I, it's expensive. It's like a nine hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks to fly to Houston really? from Toronto. I actually, direct. I actually, yeah. did, I flew into Houston when I went to Mexico in the uh, in the winter. It's really I'm hard. Back. I assure you, I assure you, my ticket, my flight was not nine hundred bucks. Well, you were going somewhere else, and yeah. you also stopped, which is what poor people do. Um, Damn so right, I, I got no, <laughs> I got no time for that. Um, but you'd think, uh, yes, the point is. It's not worked out perfect. Yes, it's worked out for the Cubs. It worked out for the Cubs wonderfully. But the Astros, you know, for all of the, the prospect hugging that they've done, uh, they made a couple of astute little trades and whatever. But they've also um, not maybe hit the same kind of home runs in the draft that you need to if you're going to be picking at the top, like the Mark Appel thing. And then the other kid, uh, that, that thing, the Brady Aiken. Like, mm-hmm. that looks... Yeah. That that's kind of reality. I mean, they drafted a guy who they didn't like his his physicals or his, his medicals, whatever. Um, but you're right. But I also think that maybe last year's Astros team looks worse because they had those that fluky record against the Rangers. But true, yes, just no, like they, the Rangers had for, a fluky record. They've been good for a couple of years, yeah. But, but so have the Blue Jays, and they never had to do any of that shit. They didn't blow it up. They didn't tank. They didn't trade the world. They could have traded Jose Bautista and Edmund Carnacion three times over in 2013 and 2014 and whenever else but they didn't because that would be stupid right yeah i, I ex- exactly i'd take the la- the blue jays last seven years over the astros last seven years i don't, I don't think i would take it over their future over the the astros future in the immediate term but yeah they didn't have to do any of that shit and they could continue to not do shit like that i think they will continue to do not do shit like that i don't think that they have uh the job security to go seven years deep into a fucking rebuild anyway who does? Who does in this work-a-day world? Um, but I think the bigger point, and I was because I have a very strong affinity to Russell Martin, and it has only grown over time. And uh, he is. Uh, I, I read an interesting thing on the Ringer today that uh, Ben Lindbergh wrote about Tyler Flowers, about Tyler Flowers, the work he puts in, and how he's still a really good framer, and uh, and so is Russell Martin. But Russell Martin is also a consistently good hitter and a nice base runner, and he's also the kind of player who you can say, "Hey, catcher." Go play second base, and there he is, <laughs> yeah. playing goddamn second base. Because Miguel Montero you, plays to the Blue before Jays. Before you now. finish the oh, sentence, sorry. most likely. Before you finish the sentence, he's he's got that glove and he's out there. I think he wants to be out. Yeah. There. <laughs> um, which is awesome, and yes. 
at any uh, uh, the passport plays as well. It all plays. Um, so I hope that Russell Martin finishes it. I, I don't know if he'll, if he'll keep playing after this. I imagine he would. Um, I hope he has that opportunity to finish his career as a Blue Jay, or at least go make some more money. I don't know, but don't trade him. You there know, are lots the, of teams with bad catchers that would happily take him. I might have to come around on the uh, on the passport thing because uh, I was watching something about Johan Cruyff uh, at Barcelona. His his thing was locals want to cheer for locals. He made it. A, he made a point to to not get too many. Uh, you know these all all these international players in there. He wanted to he wanted to, and uh, and of course he is he's one of the very few uh, geniuses on, both on the field and as a manager. So you know I'll listen to him sometimes. I mean he's dead now, but there's a Cruyff turn to end them all. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, sure. That, that I yeah, I get that. I mean, Barcelona has their own little culture thing, and yeah. not their own little culture, the Catalan <laughs> culture, and that's, that's Barcelona has the thing, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. I feel like that's to to another. I mean, you could make a whole team full of great Canadians, like Freddie Freeman. Uh, you could play third base. You can bring Joey Votto into play to play first. Um, you know, not getting a lot second. of shortstops, can... as I recall. <laughs> Just Russell Martin could play both. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill can play short stuff. He's he's next. I'm back on the Tyler O'Neill train. He's gone bananas in the last couple of weeks. Um, Miguel Montero plays with the Blue Jays. That's a bit of an interesting maneuver. Yeah, that's not a that's not a hit. rebuilding maneuver, is it? I well, they got him for cash though, right? They, that which is nice. They basically just said we'll take him, and the Cubs are like, get him the fuck out of here, which is <laughs> what you want. Which is exactly what you want when you have a team of ornery veterans. You want to bring in the orneriest non-team concept guy you can get your fucking hands on. I mean, did they, and I think they managed to do it. Did the actual figures come out of what the, the exchange of cash was? I mean, because he's making $14 million a year. He is making he is making a million and a half more than the average annual value of, of uh, Connor McDavid's uh, new contract, which just... I love it so much, how ridiculously overpaid baseball players are. But would, not, how but not I think it's more that how ridiculously underpaid hockey players are. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. That's probably true. salary cap makes me want to be sick in it my is stomach. Ridiculous. God bless LeBron. God, Brett, Brett. Oh, LeBron James. I could, I could hug and kiss him. You want to see me embarrass myself? <laughs> if I start talking about LeBron, it's yeah. going to get like not appropriate in here. Yeah. But when he's tweeting about the the value of the of the Warriors has increased like fivefold. Uh, in the time that basically the time that Steph Curry has been playing for the team, and mm-hmm. you know it's been to the point where now the team is worth two billion dollars, and the Steph Curry he signed a very nice contract like two hundred ten million dollars over five years or whatever. But LeBron's like he should be making four hundred million dollars, and he's LeBron, so if he says it, I agree. I think and then he's out there too. smoking telephone pole sized cigars <laughs> on vacation. Love LeBron, LeBron forever, the greatest. Another on on field, off field genius. He's uh, done done wonders as the GM of that team. He's done wonders as the GM of that. He also produces entertainment. He, he uh, is the executive producer of a show that runs on BET. Bless, bless LeBron James. He's got all his friends, or his they they are business minded folks who are making lots of money too. Good for him. Good for all of them. Because the NBA is not going to fucking give it to them, so they got to go get it in other means. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, Miguel Montero. Miguel Montero is not as interesting as LeBron, um, no. but he is interesting as a, as a ball player because he's the thing about uh, the thing I worry about it is is like when what happens when he starts to get ornery, like if the team is not oh well like oh shit okay maybe the 
wildcard thing is not going to happen. And now he's a backup catcher in September. And he's pissing everybody off and he's getting punched in the face or whatever. Um, ain't nobody got time for that. Yes, right? That's I not mean, what you bring him in for. You can probably got, trade, him in, trade him in August, right? Like, eh, he's he's got him. that spicy personality. What is that? He's a little fiery in the clubhouse? What are, what are we... No, he's, it's not that at all. He's selfish. <laughs> he's one of the worst teammates any of those guys on the Cubs have ever had. That's those and those were like not subtle quotes. They was like, you know, he's a terrible teammate. He is he is Rafael Soriano level bad. Um, <laughs> which it's interesting that I'm advocate I'm critical of him being a bad teammate in a breath later after being like, get all the money you can, LeBron. Take it for you. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but there's a di- I think there's a difference and and and. I hope there's a difference. Otherwise, I'm a horrible maybe, hypocrite. Maybe, uh, maybe Jake Arrieta needs to work a little faster. He could. Maybe Miguel Montero can be like, "Oh, I suck at throwing runners out. It's it's not a high. Uh, my pop time is slow, but I can hit, so I still have a job." Uh, which would probably be true. But it's a nice addition, uh, as long as you know, I mean, if if that's it, if that's the last one for a team that is needing to improve over the long run makes the team better i don't think there's any other way to look at it than that right they're no, a better team with yeah. him than they are with luke maley or miley whatever who's fine seems like the opposite great teammate great guy to have around dog shit sorry just is the way it works <laughs> right now yeah a little bit i mean they liked how he called a game and and you know maybe his framing was good i haven't actually looked at his framing numbers or anything like that but uh oh boy yeah not good not good uh no you're right yeah montero can can is like an actual bat off the bench theoretically you know if you're if if you're a team that actually is pretending that it needs to really mm-hmm. you know go all out to win games because they're in this uh this second wild card chase which i think we are pretending uh yeah i mean that's that's at least that's just a part of the roster that is no longer completely useless uh so yeah great move i, I, I was I was very happy to see it, and as much as one can be happy about a backup catcher. It's also a luxury that a bad team cannot afford, so we'll see what happens as August rolls around. But again, if he can behave himself, I'm sure there'll be another team who'll be like, yeah, we'll take an asshole. Sure. If that's what you want, we'll we'll bring in a prick who can hit from the left side, uh, who won a World Series last year, and that, that did not stand in the Cubs' way because they were a juggernaut, but... But yeah, uh, what else is on my list? Even that wasn't on my list. Um, uh, yeah, oh yeah, but more. I think I don't know if Morgan Campbell broke the news, but he shared right, it. Yeah. He's the first one I see that that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette are moving up to Dunedin. They're going to play in High A, moving up from Low A in Lansing, which has been a bit of a launching pad for Blue Jays prospects. Um, Dunedin is, uh, I think that. It'll be a good test. It's a very, very, very pitcher-friendly environment. Uh, the air is heavy and moist, and the pitchers tend to thrive there. So we should make sure that we um, uh, uh, bring our expectations down a little bit. I don't know that at any point it would be fair to expect Bobichet to hit 400 at any stop at, <laughs> in the rest of the minor leagues. No. But I think uh, uh, it's a nice reward for two guys who had monster seasons. And and you wrote about uh, you you aggregated a bit of content from BP. They <laughs> sure cracked did. the uh, the top fifty midseason prospects. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they they made up a lot of real estate. I mean, these were guys who missed out on the the top one hundred for BP in February. 
to the chagrin of Jays fans, more Vladimir Guerrero than uh, than Bichette. But uh, BP listed Bichette as one of the you know potential 2018 candidates to make it into the top 100, and now he's all the way up to 29. And I think there's you know I think there's two guys who were drafted in his draft class that are ahead of him, something like that. I saw somebody tweet it, so don't quote me on that entirely. But it's you know it's been a, a very very impressive. Uh, half a season at uh, at uh, Lansing, and also last year he looked great too. Um, but yeah, and, and, and the only thing about Dunedin is, I think we have a, a you know we probably need to get rid of the Anthopolis era thoughts about well if they're in Dunedin that's they're, you're you're getting close to New Hampshire, and then from New Hampshire just giddy up right straight to the big leagues like you know have yourself you know twenty five games in New Hampshire and then you're good to go. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is quite the the same situation. I don't think this means that they're. Uh, that much closer to uh, to actually showing up in trial. They may actually even play games in Buffalo at some point. Um, but no, it's it's they need like, play, they need, if they move into Buffalo now, they might make that team a little bit better because they're fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, they would be. For what that? Uh, I mean, I mean, Boba Shed has to be there for a Star Wars day at least once, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler who is the the voice of the lug nuts and actually and works you know for the team a bit and. Uh, and is an amazing source for lug nuts, uh, uh, everything on the Twitter and on the internet, and uh, is a great follow. And uh, he, you know, I, I retweeted Morgan Campbell's tweet about this and said, "Oh, poor Jesse, you know, there he he's had the privilege of watching these guys up close for this whole half season." He's like, "No, I'm I'm really excited. It's it was time because you know they've been destroying that level as you know two of the youngest players in the league." So. Uh, so yeah, that's that's great. Uh, though somebody today was uh, you know talking about the BP thing, and uh, you know Guerrero is thirteenth from going going from you know missing the top one hundred uh, in February. Less than five months later, he's thirteenth, which is really impressive. And then somebody immediately tweets to me, "What's the highest a Blue Jay has ever been on uh, on one of those kind of lists?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do not yeah. ask that question. The answer is not a pleasant one." I'm do like, not. I'm like, are you trying to bait me? I didn't ask him if he was trying to bait me. I think he was being honest, so I don't mean the fuck you part. But, but in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I see your point. These lists aren't, uh, they're not so scientific. Uh, but you know what you want? You want more guys higher on lists than than not. They're actually in the uh, the thing I wrote for The Athletic. I, I, I referenced a piece that I'd read by David Murphy. Or Daniel Murphy, one of the one of the Murphy, someone from the Philadelphia Inquirer. I think it's uh, I think it's David. David, Daniel uh, plays for the he does uh, play Nationals. for the Mets, yeah. Or is he at the Nationals? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> the Mets uh, announcers still think he plays for the Mets, but, but nobody else does. <laughs> but anyway, he was talking about you know the the Phillies rebuild and how it's not uh, going so well, uh, and compared it to the way that the Red Sox have been able to sort of reload without the same kind of. Uh, bottoming mm-hmm. out, which you know, partly is because they're the but they did. So, they did, they did, they did. They had four, so. they had four, three or four years where they won fewer than eighty games. They won the World Series. In the they NBA. were in last place four yeah. out of five years. The only that in the middle, they won the fucking World Series. Yeah. God damn it! It's the uh, worst. But but, but at, the point, just to finish, the point is uh, that he made is uh, he looked at uh, just the sheer volume of young players, of international players, of draft picks. That the Red Sox were putting into the organization and looked at, you know, he compared first rounders from like, from like a, a span of, of three or four years from the Phillies who had like three guys in the top four <laughs> drafts of like three drafts in a row and the Red Sox who had like 12 guys. 
but if you look at the Red Sox names, like they're nobody is more. They're not. They they're all dog shit too. Like everybody's fucking dog shit. Every prospect fucking busts just about. Uh, the point being that you know, volume is you know quantity is is real important. Uh, because yeah, most of them are gonna bust. The answer to that guy's question was um, is a five on Baseball Prospectus and and six in Baseball uh, America for. Uh, the highest of Blue Jays. I don't know if that's the highest of Blue Jays ever no, I think, been. I think I think Delgado was higher. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, five is really high though. Yeah, that was the guy who was touted as uh, a person who's going to compete for multiple MVPs, I believe. Um, <laughs> every which, every Wilner quote about that, please just bring it all back. Those are not even Wilner quotes. That's Kevin Goldstein. Oh Jesus! Who works for the Astros, who said he will compete for multiple MVPs. Um, who he hit his fourth home run of the year uh, in the Pacific Coast League this week. That same guy. Yeah. Um, who, yikes. Anyway, this took a turn. Meets don't uh, clash, yeah. But, uh, but bless him. He, he's, uh, he's getting on base like 440% of the time in, in the PCL. Do you have, in, the do non, you have his, in the non-desert edition. Hmm? Do you have his Fangraphs page bookmarked or something? What? I already looked it up as soon as because I was like, "How high did he get?" And yeah. it was five on, yeah, on baseball prospectus. Um, and I'm sure that there are people, and I would even say that that I'm among them. Like, why was Vlad Guerrero not higher? And I think it was because they they definitely see him on BP. Uh, Jeff Pastrano. Yeah, uh, is that how you say his last name? Uh, as Pater, a first Pater baseman, Pater Nostro, Yeah, That's yeah, they don't base. see him as a third. They don't see him as a third baseman. They see him as a first baseman, which is um, probably not unfair. Uh, but also. L- he is so young, and he has only been a professional for so long. Let's see how it goes. See if you know big, big dudes could play third base. Um, the Minnesota Twins put a refrigerator dressed as Miguel Sano in right field a few times. So yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, Ed, it's not Edwin, all bad. Edwin played third for a bit. That worked out. It real was well. his. It was his play at third base that allowed him to become a Blue Jay. I, think. I believe it was. God bless him playing third base. He earned that stupid nickname that people refused to let go, even though he was no longer a five. He was yeah. no longer a five. He cannot be E5. Uh, God bless Edwin. A lot of people get blessed up today. This is like, you know, praises go up. Blessings come down. Um, so that's exciting that those guys are moving on, uh, that they are ranked highly and looked upon uh, well. Uh, again, it'll be a great test for, for them uh, to face uh, some more advanced pitching. Although... Um, the the two of them are just such see appear to be such dynamite hitters that even for uh, even high A is maybe not going to be the uh, a great challenge for them. Hopefully, we'll, well see. Th- that was the that was the other comment about uh, the comment in the BP piece was you know yeah, Guerrero might be a, fr- a first baseman if he's if he's got a seven hit tool with a, with seven power. Does it even matter? And. Nope. Nope. Sure doesn't. That is not a common combination. <laughs> nope. Well, again, Miguel Sano, the guy that you, you, you and I are trying to be sl- slightly uh, attached to reality. Um, you know, Miguel Sano is like a seven power guy, but he also strikes out like 38% of the time or something obnoxious like that. And Guerrero, probably not going to do that. He Does walks it, more than he strikes out again in low A, so we'll see. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. So, what I, what, I think it's important. 
I'm, I need to we need to pump the brakes a little bit, and it'll be nice to watch them uh, or to follow them in high A and see how they do. Um, double A, I think, is the real test, right? That's where a lot of the kind of this guy throws hard, and he has no clue where it's going, and maybe sometimes it's right middle middle, and other times it's off the back off the backstop. Um, by double A, those guys are gone, right? The, there's no more. There aren't quite as many, um, you know, lottery ticket, million dollar arm, ten cent head types. It's more like, oh look, there are pitchers here now. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. The, the, those guys were 18 years old and destroying full season baseball, which is great. Um, I, we're running a little long. We got to be mindful of that. Uh, yeah, the last thing I said was the bullpen is really good. Roberto Osuna. Speaking of Double A, Roberto Osuna pitched exactly zero times at Double A. He pitched exactly zero times at Triple A. <laughs> right. He pitched. I think he only pitched seven times at Dunedin. Yeah, he, he did 22 the, he innings. John. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. 22 innings at high, and then they were like, yeah, this guy should be the closer at our big league team on that's uh, going to the playoffs. And uh, he is amazing ever since, which uh, is uh, quite quite a story. Alex Anthopoulos, by the end there, mm-hmm. really did not have a lot of fucks left to give about anything that was going to happen beyond when Paul Beeston had left and his contract expired. Uh, so, yeah. Make the guy a closer. Can you fault Let's him? Go. Can you no, blame him? Oh no, it's don't don't go burrows on me. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's how, uh, it's quite <laughs> it's quite hilarious. How many how many of those bullets? How many of the la- of the you know how the, the the value he's accrued as a as an incredibly um, durable for the most part and uh, excellent reliever? How much like what good are those innings at Double A? Like oh well, New Hampshire won the first half title in uh, 2015 because Roberto Asuna was. Locking it down, or well, actually, maybe the only other thing of that, maybe he'd still be a fucking starter. Then. That's that's the answer. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because yeah, if he pitched, if he pitched, you know, had a normal trajectory, uh, we wouldn't have to be resigning him to the bullpen for the rest of his career, which it seems like we are. I still think once they get out of it this year, there, you, there you go. Just drop him in the rotation. Let's go. I don't even think he pitched a hundred innings in total in the minor leagues. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, he has, yeah. I don't think he's pitched 200 yet for the in the majors. He's he's pitched 177 in the major yeah. leagues. Yeah, and he's been worth uh, five wins. So what he would do as a really good starter in one year, when they give him the chance, when they cut him loose, that's what he's going to be. Because he's going to be he's going to well, be the kind of guy that pitches pitches to a 2.5 ERA, like a 2.8 <laughs> FIP. Yeah, definitely realistic to expect. Uh, there are lots of those guys kicking around in the American League, especially. Uh, I don't know. That's about it. You got anything else? You got anything else to add? You got any mm-hmm. uh, parting shots? No, I don't think I do. No. True to my brand, I'm going to the game on uh, on Saturday. I'm going to watch Very those nice. Astros. Wow. True to my brand, in that my in that my wife sent me a text saying I bought tickets to the Blue Jays game on Saturday. You're going, <laughs> I, and I believe the next te- text was I don't care what time your my base your baseball game is mine. We're going to the game, so off we go. Bringing my kids. My youngest has never been to a Blue Jays game, so oh, be lovely. Fun. That's awesome. She's been she's been to a Giants game, but not a Blue Jays game, so <laughs> should be fun. Sweet. And then I That's play. Great. Then I play in my old man baseball league at seven o'clock at night, where uh, I probably won't be allowed to be the shortstop anymore after last week. So, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> you take you took a break from you did the Russell Martin thing. You get, came out from behind the plate to shortstop. I played two innings of shortstop and then. Three innings of catch, and then I played another inning, and then I played a two innings at third. I think, um, not a, not a, not a. It was a bit of an auspicious start at shortstop. I, I, I booted one ball and then threw one, um, 
not over the screen, <laughs> but like there's a gap. There's a uh, gap because the screen comes at like where you can walk through kind of halfway or three quarters of the way down the third baseline. That's what they and uh, do, I threw yeah. off balance from, you know, the, the cutout uh, trying to throw it home. And I, I had more time than I need, than I realized. And I threw it and the ball sailed on me and it went out the gap in the fence it was just at the right angle and the right trajectory to go like up the hill behind the plate and almost killed somebody um which is hard to do which i would say is a a example of my ample arm strength and b uh, an an achievement all into itself gotta gotta work on that footwork there i needed to work on that footwork and i need a bit more communication from the rest of the infield if i could throw them under the bus yeah like what like tell me where i need to throw the ball yeah yeah i am a bad spirit of our new catcher yeah Nobody would ever tell me anything otherwise that I'm not a bad teammate. All right. That's it. Thank you, Stoughton. Thank you. Hope you're well. Thank you. Hope you've been well. Hope you had a nice Canada Day celebrating. It was lovely. The theft of our nation. Uh, Thank you to everyone. I hope everyone listening had a great Canada Day. Had a nice break. Back at it. All-Star break coming up. We'll do one. uh, We'll we'll do some gimmick after the uh, coming out of the All-Star break. We'll do a gimmick episode. I'll have to think of what that will be, but. Look forward to that. Look forward to the All-Star Game. Justin Smoke, congratulations. All-Star. All right, that's it. For Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. Mm-hmm.